Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Thank you, musicians uh, and those on the platform. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Hebrews and chapter 12. The book of Hebrews is a very rich book. Uh, it, uh, it was written uh, uh, in response to uh, some issues that the Hebrew believers were going through and uh, many insights. Uh, uh, it's about a better uh, faith in Jesus Christ than the Jewish faith that they had come out of. But one of the uh, uh, wonderful things that happens is that the Apostle Paul in Hebrews 12, by faith, catches us up to a vision of heaven and uh, as he does that, he makes a statement that we should serve God with reverence and with godly fear. The fear of God is one of the major themes of Scripture. There's Scripture after Scripture after Scripture that talks about the fear of God. I want to just catch that uh, theme for a moment as we could and follow it through. Beginning with verse 16, Hebrews chapter 12 Uh, Follow with me in the Bible as I read. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright, for you know that afterward when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, uh, though he sought it diligently with tears. For you've not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire, And to blackness and darkness and tempest, to the sound of the trumpet and the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged until the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded, and if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot through with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I'm exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you've come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks, uh, for if they did not escape who release, uh, refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape uh, if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he's promised, uh, saying once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things uh, that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken 
may remain. Therefore, since we have received, since we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. I want to uh, capture your mind for just a moment and talk about the fear of God. First of all, before we can uh, properly appreciate that, we need to understand that here we have uh, the revelation of God. We could think tonight about the panorama of religions. There are religions many around the world, uh, and uh, you could just catch a, a panorama of those. I think the Hindus, uh, if I recall correctly, have three million gods. I don't know how you'd ever keep up uh, with all of that. Can you say amen? Uh, in uh, in uh, uh, traveling around the world, I remember when we were in uh, in Turkey and the uh, the in Ankara, the uh, Turkish Museum, they had Sibyl, one of the oldest female goddesses uh, that uh, is in human history. Then you have Athena, who is the god of uh, of the Athenians in Greece. Uh, there in the Parthenon, uh, there was a golden statue of. Uh, of Athena. Then in Ephesus, uh, which is mentioned in the Bible, you have Diana uh, of the Ephesians. You have uh, uh, various uh, places where there were temples to Baal. Uh, all of these are a panorama of religion, and uh, they're God's many, and there are perceptions about God that are many. Yeah? But uh, here, as we look into the scripture, we catch an insight unto the God of the Bible, the God of heaven. And I want to focus on that for a few minutes this evening because the issue that we have to settle this evening is who God is. And as we read that text for a moment, verse 22, we're looking at the living God who rules. We get an insight into the heavenly city, New Jerusalem, or uh, Jerusalem, which is on high, rather. And as we get an insight there, it catches a, uh, some insight because here's the kingdom of the universe. Uh, here is the uh, throne of uh, inspiration and uh, the, ruling, uh, 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 the ruling thought of heaven uh, that is above. And here we catch a historical imagery of the living God. Daniel uh, relates to us a very interesting insight in Genu Daniel 4.17. Uh, it's uh, talking about the king and the, his insanity. And it says these words three times. It repeats these words uh, that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomsoever he will and sets over it uh, the lowest uh, of men. In Genesis 17 verse 1 says when Abram was 90 and 9 years old, God appeared to him and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. So here we have a little bit of insight. Uh, many, many people, when they think about God, they just uh, they go through their mind, well, uh, some figure, we're not sure. But uh, here in the Bible, we get the revelation of the living God. Verse 22 calls him the living God. And Isaiah, the, uh, the prophet, I just read this this week in my Bible reading, says, look to me and be you saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. So 
suddenly we are brought face to face with the revelation of the living God, the living God who rules in the universe. And as we begin to examine that, we then begin to come to grips with the reality of who God is. It was Isaiah the prophet who relates to us in Isaiah chapter 6. He said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Isaiah chapter 6. Listen to these words. His robe filled the temple and there were heavenly beings. They were crying out and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out and the house was filled with smoke. Now, try to catch an image of this. Here is Isaiah the prophet. The kings of old were enthroned. They were royally robed. They were surrounded with all kinds of trappings of splendor and diadems of gold and all the trappings of power. And so he he's seen this. But he says, in the year that King Uzziah died, then I had a vision of the Lord, and he was high and lifted up. His robe filled the temple, he said, and he's depicting to us a royal splendor. And he says, as I saw that, when I heard these voices, holy, 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 he says, the posts of the door shook. He's describing for us a sovereignty And this sovereignty uh, is the living God uh, that Paul is describing in Hebrews uh, and chapter 12. Uh, Not only is he the creator, but he's the sovereign ruler uh, of all of the universe uh, and he reveals himself uh, in scriptures. It was about this uh, that the book of Job uh, swirls around. You know the the history. Because here's the satanic point uh, of contest uh, And the Bible says that Satan is challenging this sovereign God. And as he's challenging this sovereign God, God says to him, have you seen my servant Job? Yeah, he said, I've I've seen him. But I want to tell you, uh, 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 Satan said, the only reason he serves you is for what he can get out of you. Oh, well, God says then... uh, Uh, you take a shot at him. So you know the story, eight of his children uh, die in tragedy. Uh, He loses uh, all of his uh, his, uh, 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 wealth. He uh, loses his uh, his, uh, uh, health and uh, he uh, is stripped down finally. uh, As it comes to the end of that, uh, uh, Satan says, uh, yeah, but, but, but the difficulty is that you, that, that, that he's serving you for his life. And uh, as God brings Job into a trial, then we see the best that he can do. Uh, and here's a man uh, who does not serve God for what he can get out of him. Here's a man that does not serve God uh, uh, for anything uh, that you and I can uh, usually describe as being worthwhile, uh, but he's serving God not for what he's going to get out of him. Uh, he's serving him for who he is uh, because he sees a sovereign God uh, that rules uh, in the universe uh, and he serves him uh, for who he is. Uh, here in this text, uh, we see 
uh, printed out uh, in, in, in words that we can understand the glory uh, of the living God. We sing a chorus. I don't know if you've ever sung that here. It says, he is exalted. He is exalted. He's exalted on high. Angels adore him. His saints will exalt him. He is exalted on high. Genesis chapter 14, when the pagan king of Jerusalem came out and met Abram as he came out from the battle of the kings of Chedorlaomer. And when he came out and met with him, Abram said, I've lifted up my hand to the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and of earth. So when we're talking about fearing God, then it's something more than just simply a person who is filling a political office. We're talking about the sovereign God who rules the universe. Some people, I'm astounded at some people, when they talk about God, it's like talking about the guy next door. Can you say amen? Or it's somebody, some politicians there. It's a loose frame of reference. And I want to tell you that when we talk about the fear of God, this relates around who God is and what he has accomplished in the universe. There's a healthy fear that we want to talk about. You know, this is the, this is the age of, of, of irreverence. Uh, people are irreverent. Uh, it talks about, uh, uh, about Esau. We're going to talk about him in a moment. But uh, uh, this is the age of irreverence. I remember when I was a new convert, uh, uh, the first years of uh, being saved, it was quite popular uh, to uh, make uh, religious jokes. And uh, I, I, I never could understand that. And so uh, I'm in a group of, uh, of young adults, and, uh, and this guy tells me a religious joke. I didn't even crack a smile. I just looked at him with a, with a hard smile. He said, you didn't, you didn't like that, did you? I said, no. I don't think that God and religion is anything to joke about. I was down in Texas uh, uh, preaching a Bible conference, and, uh, and the pastor had on his desk, he'd been sent a, a, a mail-out uh, of a, uh, a Christian comedian. Now, I can't think of anything that is more a contradiction than a Christian comedian. Did I say something wrong? <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I made a remark about that uh, in the service, and I guess uh, there's some people had some friends that uh, were related to this Christian comedian, and they were hoping they could get him in to uh, do a night of laughing, I guess. But uh, I want to tell you that uh, it may be an age of irreverence, uh, but all you have to do is look at the Bible, uh, and uh, it uses the terminology about a man named Esau, and as he uses that terminology, it says a profane man, such as Esau. And profane means that you are not reverent. Or in other words, uh, the thing that Esau was not reverent about was his birthright. God gave to Esau a glorious heritage. And that heritage was that he made him uh, the first in the family. He has a birthright which is of inestimable esteem in holy things. 
Esau has this right. He is born into it. Uh, it means that he is to be the priest of the, ha- of the household. Uh, eventually, he's going to be the firstborn. He's to distribute uh, uh, the estate upon his father's passing away. He's responsible uh, uh, for many, many things uh, as he stands in that. Uh, but one day, he's coming in from the field after hunting, uh, and his uh, brother Jacob has a good pot of stew on, of lentil soup, uh, and and as he's there, he says, uh, give me some of that stew because I'm, 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 I'm starving to death. I'm going to die. Now think about this for a moment. He's lying. He's not going to die. Number one, he's just hungry. He's trying to impress him how desperately he needs a, he needs a bowl of that. Uh, and uh, Jacob, the slicker, you know, he's, uh, he's the heel grabber. And uh, so he says to him, uh, no, 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 this is my soup. If you want any of this soup, uh, then you're going to have to uh, uh, give me your birthright. If you give me your birthright, uh, then I'll give you something to eat. And Esau says, fine, no problem. And the scripture says, here's a man who had no reverence for holy things. Uh, Afterward, he would have liked to have had it, and he sought it carefully with tears, uh, but he could not have it. Uh, And so the Bible writes of disdain for a person who had something that was glorious, uh, given by God, uh, who had no appreciation for that. uh, And this relates not just to what it was, it's who gave it to him, and that's the living God. And the Bible writes in disdain for this man who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. He had no valuation for what God had given to him. Not what that was, but who had given it to him and what was involved. So let's look for a moment, if we could, at the words that are here. Here is... Paul catches our vision up, and as he catches our vision up into the portals of heaven, and by faith he looks at the spiritual realities of there, and he is, as it were, he brings sinful man into the presence of a holy God. Listen to these words, beginning with verse 18. You've not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire, and to blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the words should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded. And as so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot through with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. So here's the vision that Paul catches us up to. He lays hold of spiritual realities, uh, and by faith he causes spiritual things to be made present, as it were, as we who are unholy are caught up before the throne of God uh, to a holy God. Listen to verse 23. uh, To the general assembly and uh, church of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven to God the judge of all to the spirits of just men made perfect. How many of you have ever been before a judge? Let me see your hand. It's not a trick question. Okay. I'm not going to publish your name. One of the most frightening things that I ever did was to come before a judge. I can't remember what it was. It's some kind of traffic violation in Los Angeles, California. And that was a sight. There was... Uh, 
there was people there, I think, that had been uh, uh, on a drunk the night before. Some of them had one shoe. I mean, it's, it's, it's it. and they're coming before this judge. Now, now, think about this for a moment. None of them were guilty, of course. How many of you know that nobody's ever a criminal? It's those other guys. I went to traffic school one time because I ran a red light and had an accident. I had to go to traffic school. And, uh, and there was nobody in there that was guilty but me. <laughs> All of them. The policeman, he trapped me. He was, you know, is it? And, uh, but when I'm standing before this judge... I want to tell you, I, 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 it, was an awesome, it was an awesome thing because uh, this judge is sitting there and this judge has the ability to pass sentence uh, and, uh, and I'm terrified. You know, what, what's going to happen to me here? Uh, I can't remember. I, I think I got a fine of some kind. I can't remember all the detail. Now, I just remember the awe that I'm there. What, what, what's going to happen to me? What, what are they going to do to me? And so here now... We're caught up before the judge of the universe. Here we're caught up before the judge of the whole universe for eternity. And as we're caught up in, by faith, the Apostle Paul, an awesome concept he brings to our understanding. And verse 26 says, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he's promised saying, yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. So here we are now. Spiritual things are made present by the Apostle Paul by faith as he draws from the revelation of God from the Old Testament and brings it up now into our understanding, catches us up to try to make us understand the fear of God is a very healthy precept and we need to examine that. It's why God in Malachi After Malachi, he speaks no more for 400 years because the people of God had begun to take him for granted and have no reverence, have no godly fear. In Malachi chapter 1 verse 6, as a son honors his father and a servant his master, if I then am the father, where's my honor? And if I'm a master, where's my reverence, says the Lord of hosts. So here we find uh, the reality. I preached a sermon some time ago about uh, being bored to death, and I used it out of uh, Malachi. And I indicted uh, too many people uh, who, when they worship God, this is what Malachi is talking about. You're worshiping me with your castoffs. You're bringing to me the sacrifices that are diseased or that are crippled. And as you come to worship me and you perform your ministry, you're nothing more than a hireling. And worship has become dull. It's become boring. It's become uninspiring because they do not catch the revelation of God born by the Holy Spirit that comes out of the precious word of God. Listen to Malachi. This is this final indictment, uh, as he says. You also say, oh, what a weariness. Uh, and you sneer at it, says the Lord of hosts. For I'm a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be feared uh, among uh, the nations. You see, there's often a great gap between the profession uh, of people who say, uh, I believe uh, in God. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a great gap between what they profess 
and how they actually act around uh, or how they embrace uh, or how they, pr- how they act this out uh, in life. In 2 Corinthians 5.11, the Apostle Paul said these words, uh, Knowing, brethren, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Now think about this for a moment. Catch your, this with your understanding, your imagination. Uh, here's a thief uh, that comes on the cross uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ beside him. They've been railing on him. Uh, they've been uh, casting in his teeth. Uh, if you're God, come down from the cross, save us. And, uh, but suddenly something lays hold of one of these men. Uh, the Spirit of God gets hold of him. Uh, and a fear of God comes over him. Uh, and he says to his companion, Don't you fear God? I wonder tonight, as you're sitting here, is there any fear of God that comes upon your heart and soul? It was Elijah who, after being on the Mount Carmel and seeing the prophets of Baal defeated, fire came down from heaven. We find him down in the cave towards Sinai. And as he's down in the cave, he's running from Jezebel. Jezebel has threatened him. She's going to kill him. And we find him in the cave, and suddenly God comes on the scene. Now think about this for a moment. There's a strong wind There is a fire. Uh, There's uh, uh, rocks that split. uh, And we find Elijah uh, finally, and we find him with his uh, mantle wrapped around him, his head. uh, And God says to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Can, can you get a feeling? I, when I read those, uh, the, the, those scriptures uh, about God coming on the scene uh, and uh, Elijah it, it, uh, wrapping his mantle, it, it, there's an awesome fear of God. Just thinking about that, uh, that comes upon my spirit and it comes upon my soul uh, because here we have uh, uh, the revelation uh, of the living God uh, and it ought to bring some kind of reverence to our hearts. I, I become disturbed at people who uh, come to church. You know, they, they come to church. You can tell them they're bored. <laughs> why are you here? You know, why don't you come? Why are you coming to church? They're watching their watch. Well, I always preach 30 minutes, so just relax. They're yawning. They're, they're bored stiff. There's nothing about God uh, that stirs their heart. There's nothing about conviction. Uh, I see uh, uh, many times young people, they come to church. They're church kids. They, uh, they, they uh, have lost the reality of who God is and what God can do. No one can make them do that. They have to open their heart to God. Can you say amen? No one can make you fear God. You have to realize who he is. But the Apostle Paul is trying to... Uh, to these Hebrew believers to catch them up into the awesome glory and the reverence of God and point out to them, here's the judge of the entire universe. Here's the spirits of just men made perfect. Here's angels. Here is all the glory of the, of the heavenly Jerusalem. And he's trying to bring them to an understanding so that he can make the point that we ought to serve God with reverence and with godly fear. Let me close off for a moment. Uh, this is the good part of this, is an enduring faith. How many of you know that the big buzzword of our generation is change? It's beca- that's become the magic word today. Uh, the difficulty is many people don't think through what change is. Uh, right at the present moment in the, in the, uh, uh, in the world in Fiji, a change is a military coup. They're thrown into absolute chaos in Fiji today. 
uh, in uh, Madagascar. We're trying to get a missionary out of the, our conference in Prescott into Madagascar. And uh, right at that uh, precise moment, of course, they've had a military coup and a revolution, and, and uh, change is happening, but nobody knows where it's going to be good change or bad change. Uh, uh, in the presidential election in the United States of America, just concluded in November, the magic word was change. Uh, and uh, suddenly I'm reading uh, in the, in the, your, your newspaper in the Western, uh, uh, West Australian yesterday that now some of the people who wanted change, they're saying, uh-oh, that wasn't the kind of change we were looking for as they suddenly see the price tag uh, and what's happening of a social revolution that's happening. Uh, but change is the magic word today. Can you say amen? And so one of the things that you're going to find as you begin to get the revelation of the living God uh, is that there is about God something that does not change. You can fasten your faith upon it, and you can, you can live your life in this. Listen to verses 26 and verse 27, because God is allowing change in our generation for his own purpose. It says, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he's promised, saying, yet once more I shake not only earth, but also heaven, now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made that, it, uh, that the things that cannot be shaken uh, may uh, remain. Christianity uh, is offering the believer dominion uh, in the long term. Listen to, uh, uh, to these words, a kingdom that cannot be moved. Thank God, when you believe in Jesus Christ, there's something of solidity. When you put your confidence in God, I want to tell you, there's something you can believe in, you can stake your life on, you can live it out to its fullest, because it's not going to change. And Hebrews 12 and verse 28 says, therefore, we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably uh, with reverence uh, and godly fear. In Hebrews 12, uh, 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 38, is it? Uh, 13, 38, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, the same yesterday, today, uh, and uh, forever. Now, what we're moving towards is a divine destiny. And in this dominion, this is a dominion that God is bringing to pass through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that dominion is a dominion that he's setting up with Jesus Christ, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. What is it? Revelation 18. We see our Lord Jesus riding in prophecy on a white horse. And on his vesture is a name written, King of Kings and Lord of lords. I wonder uh, this evening as you're sitting here if you have any comprehension uh, of the full ramifications uh, of what that is. Uh, a God-given name, King of Kings uh, and the Lord of Lords. What is it in Philippians 2 says uh, about Jesus Christ our Lord, God has given him a name uh, which is above every name that is named, uh, that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord uh, to the glory uh, of God uh, the Father. So when we catch this up uh, and, uh, and, and, and repeat those words, verse 28, we serve God uh, with a godly fear. It adds verse 29 uh, these awesome words, our God is a consuming fire. 
I want every head bowed and I want every eye closed for a moment. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.